Alright, Botherinos, I know I haven't been good about posting the audio only, but I am going to get back to it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you this most recent episode. Spoiler alert, if you don't know, I've moved to Austin. I was in Vegas for a while there. You guys were last listening then. I know some people might not be here and some people might not be interested in listening to my podcast anymore. But I'm going to go ahead and continue or start to put out the audio like I'm supposed to and I do apologize life just got really busy and it's me just handling things but I've already resolved in my head that I'm just going to pay some people to help me out with some stuff so what we're going to do is I'm going to upload this most recent episode for you and then after that I will start uploading the episodes that you haven't heard yet and I'll get those out as soon as possible so that you can get caught up and then I'll let you know again when you're completely caught up and I do apologize the audio only people are my bottom floor botherinas and I do apologize for neglecting you if you can do go subscribe over on YouTube because sometimes I do the video episodes or you haven't seen the video episodes yet and I use a lot of pictures and stuff like that so (laughs) Here's where we're at. All right, let's do this podcast the way it was meant to be. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I'm your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. (sighs) I'm breathing a sigh of relief because I don't know how I'm going to announce this. This may be me actually announcing it right now. But Unbothered is going to go back to its old format, which is audio only. I will still do the current events videos on YouTube and add all the editing to those. But I feel like... The base of what this podcast was, if you don't remember, I'll refresh anybody that may be new or somebody that may have forgotten. This podcast is about me being bothered and then talking something out with myself until I reach the state of unbothered. That's what the podcast is. And over the last couple of months, it's been a video podcast and I had completely stopped. Well, it's been over a year now. And I'd completely stop doing the audio-only episodes, and sometimes I would upload audio-only. But audio-only usually gets more listeners, and I know that that's going to be a slow build back up, and I understand some people won't come back. And everything works the way it naturally is supposed to work. I was talking to a friend not too long ago who was talking to me about eras and how he doesn't really, really believe in things ending, but just in different eras. And I feel like... That's what Unbothered has been going through. Like, there were different eras. There was the angry era. Then there was the political era. Then there was the video Las Vegas era. Now we're returning to square one, which is the audio Let's Get Unbothered era, which this is where I'm most comfortable. I like to lay down when I do my podcast. I don't want to sit up. I don't want to be paying attention to a camera. I don't want to worry about lighting. I don't want to worry about anything when I do this podcast. I just want to worry about whatever it is that's bothering me. And to tell you the truth, this is the only thing that's really bothering me right now is somewhere along the way, 
I got into this thinking where I had to do things a particular way and my life will never work out when I try to do it like that. It just won't because I am a very go with the flow guy. I know people have different ideas of what they think I'm supposed to be like or the way that they think I run things. And it's probably the opposite of what most people think. Everything is a lot more natural than most people would probably guess. And that's just because I really am a person that just lets life take me. Like if you'll notice, I keep saying that I'm not going to be on the road and then right after I'll end up on the road again. Why does that happen? Because I'll think I'm not going to go on the road and so that's what I'll say. And then someone will hit me up and they'll be like, do you want to go on the road? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it's not always about the money. I've done some gigs. Um, More recently, I did one that I'm still debating on whether or not I want to talk about it just because I know some people will take it as me talking shit, but it really was just that things worked out a particular way on that episode and I had to, or on that episode, in, in that situation, and I had to put down a boundary. And I know people really hate it when you put down boundaries with them, But I'm a person that does have a lot of boundaries. I've been doing this for 20 years now. And if nothing else, I should be able to say, yes, I will be treated this way. No, I won't be treated that way. And if people have a problem with that, then that's just going to have to be their problem. Don't hire me. Don't fuck with me. Don't use me. Don't call me. Because I certainly didn't call this person. This person called me and asked me to go on the road with them. I went on the road with them. And then... They were on some fuck shit. And so that's what I know about that. And I, it was several months ago that this happened. So anybody that's thinking, oh, it was this week or that week, you're probably not going to guess it. And I only haven't talked about it because I wanted to be professional. But then like always, I end up hearing that that person's talking about it. And it's like, Why are you talking about that as if it was a negative thing as far as I went? I was completely cool until you gave me a reason not to be. Then I put my foot down and suddenly I'm the worst person in the world. And that's the way people usually do it with me. That's also why this podcast was created. Because people would have this way of talking about me and making themselves sound like they were victims. And then I would tell the actual story and people would be like, oh, okay, well that makes more sense and that seems to add up because I don't try to make myself sound good on my podcast. Sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes I'm the bad guy. Sometimes I realize that I owe somebody an apology. And that's something I've used this podcast for in the past. There is my first episode, which I believe was with Jill Chrissy, if I remember correctly, or maybe that was the second or third episode, but the Jill Chrissy episode from way back when she first did it, which literally was at the beginning. I started off by apologizing to her because I was in the wrong. There's an episode with John Carden where I apologized to him where I was in the wrong. It's not like I think I'm an infallible person, but there are times when I know that I am in the right, when I know, like any time that you, and I mean any of us, when I say you, this is directed at me too, any time that you decide that, you should be treated better than you're being treated, there's probably a good chance that you should be being treated better than you're being treated. And even if another person might look at it and say you were wrong, if you feel that your standard isn't being met, 
then that's something that you should work to correct in your life. Now, if that means just a quick conversation with somebody, cool on that. If that means you taking steps to make sure you don't find yourself in that situation again, cool on that too. However it works out, because sometimes it's somewhere in between. Sometimes when you really think about it, you're like, well, if I hadn't let let them get away with this, this, and this, they wouldn't have thought it was okay to get away with that. So in a way... I hate to victim blame, which I really don't care about victim blaming. But if I were to victim blame, what I would say is that you were wrong for letting them get away with it for that long. And then you finally put their put your foot down and then they seemed they felt victimized. And the reason that they felt victimized was because up until that point, you would let them think that that was acceptable behavior. And that's something that I was guilty of in that particular situation. But once I moved to correct it, then nobody can come back on me once I moved to correct it. Because then it's like, yeah, you were right. I was putting up with you up until that point. But now I've said I no longer want to put up with you or I no longer want to put up with this. I guess you could call it abuse. Uh, For me, it's just mistreatment is what will usually piss me off. And it's because I was raised to respect people. So I do treat people with a lot of respect initially. Until you give me a reason to not feel like I have to respect you anymore, I will respect you. And this was definitely one of those situations where I'd been being cool and I'd been trying to be as chill as possible. And then at a point I got like, I've been doing this long enough that I know how I should be treated. And if I were some open micer begging somebody to go on the road with them, then that's one thing. But when you disturb me out of what I'm doing in my life to ask me to be somewhere, and then I actually show up there, no questions asked, don't ask you how much money you're paying, don't, I just go. And then you start being a particular way with me right from the beginning and letting me know that you're going to be cheap with me, yeah, eventually I'll get like, well, I can just stay home and save more money than what I'm making on this little excursion that you have me on. So let me just go ahead and take my ass home. And then you say you want to straighten it out. So I go ahead and give you all the necessary information and tell you exactly how you're fucking up. And then you come to me later and say that, You want to be friends. You want to make up. There's no hard feelings. And then later on, I hear you're talking about it like you had hard feelings when I, because we as men, which a lot of people forget that because I'm a gay man, they think that regular man rules don't apply and they do still apply. Just like I didn't choose to talk about you afterwards because we had already as men settled that between the two of us and then you go gossiping like some some sort of senora yeah i'm probably gonna eventually say something about it and maybe maybe one day i'll i'll just decide to drop it all together and not mention it maybe that's what'll end up happening maybe this is as much as i'll talk about it but it is something that i did want to talk about just because I'm so tired of people trying to do that. And most people now are smart enough to do that, to not do that, I should say, because most people that know me now, if somebody tells a story where they're the quote unquote victim and I did something to quote unquote victimize them, 
most people that know me now will be like, well, what did you do to piss him off in the first place? Because I don't just get pissed off for nothing. I'm not a person who experiences mood swings that way. And when I am feeling like not dealing with people, I handle that by just staying away from people. I don't make my mood swings anybody else's problem. And that's not even a thing that happens with me all the time. Like I said, if you listen to the last episode or watch the last episode, you would know I talked about the fact that I was stressing about a lot of things just at different points because of all the stuff that I had to take care of with the move and then the move again and then the different situations that I was having with the flooding. I mean, like all of that during that entire time, I was still going out. I was still doing sets. I was still being social when I had to be. And I wasn't like uh, the average person had no idea other than if I just decided to tell them a bit of what was going on, what was going on. And they certainly couldn't tell by being like, oh, Ty just yelled at somebody today or Ty just snapped out of nowhere. No, none of that ever happened. And none of it usually happens. I know that recently I've been mentioned a few times on the Vegas scene. And as far as that goes, anybody can say anything they want about me on the Vegas scene. And unless you're friends friends with me, which I really kept very few friends. There are people that I'm friendly with that I haven't seen, haven't talked to just because they're in Vegas and I am an out of sight, out of mind person. Some people would say that's a character flaw. For me, that's not really a thing. I mean, like I am that kind of person because that's what works best for my life. It doesn't do my life any good to be trying to keep these long distance relationships with people that in a lot of cases I wouldn't really talk to outside of comedy anyway. And so it's like, I'm just not going to pretend and be like, oh, yeah, let's be on the phone once a week or whatever. I'm not a lonely person. I'm not bored. I'm not any of the things that people would think that you would be if you're a person like me. I'm probably not that. I when people talk about the depression that comedians go through because they're all alone and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I I guess some people go through that, but. When I'm in my hotel room alone after shows, it's not a feeling of loneliness. It's a feeling of sometimes being antsy, like what's the next thing I have to do or I got to get home and do these things or there'll be those thoughts. But there's not a lot of loneliness going on. There's not. I really do feel like Bijou fixes a lot of that for me, which I know probably sounds ridiculous, but having my little dog to come home to. It makes and when I lately Bijou has been flying everywhere with me, like everywhere, everywhere. Bijou has been more places than a lot of the new comics I know. Bijou has really gotten around lately and she's great at flying. She behaves herself perfectly. She's a perfect little lady. And then when we're in hotels, perfect little lady. Bijou is always 100 percent perfect. So. When you have your dog to come back to in your hotel room, it really does alleviate all of the stuff that I hear people talking about. So the the idea that me, just because I'm a comedian, somehow I have to be super lonely and tortured and whatever else. No, that's not what's going on. 
There are regular trials and tribulations that happen through my life just like any other human being, but I don't think I have it any worse because I have to travel or even the fact that I've been honest about the fact that I do want to eventually be in a relationship again. But I've lately on stage been talking about some of the dysfunctional relationships that I've had with different people in the past. And I think some people will listen to those stories and think that I'm talking closer to present tense. In some cases, these relationships were years and years ago. And this is how I've grown into being the person that I am now, which the person I'm, I am now at this particular point in my life doesn't want to have any problems with people, doesn't want to have any drama with people. And when I say people, I mean the people I date, the people I'm in romantic relationships. There have been times where I have recently chosen just to stop talking to people because I knew it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. And I knew that from where we were, it probably wasn't going to turn into what I need a relationship to be. And that, too, goes with what I was saying earlier. At a certain point in your life, it's okay to say these things are not for me. I know this will not work for me in a relationship. And rather than try to bend and mold somebody into what I think it is they're supposed to be, why don't I just let them be them and find a person that's more suited to what it is they're offering or more willing to take what it is they're offering. And I go ahead and sit this one out until I find somebody that's offering what it is I need, what it is I want. Because there's really not a lot that I quote unquote need from another person right now. It's just not the position I'm in in life where I need them to fulfill me in some way. Somebody comes along that makes my life even better than it already is. I'm 100% down for that. But as far as my days of being miserable with somebody because I was raised to believe that one day you were supposed to find somebody and settle down, that is not where I'm at anymore. And it's weird that I was in that position when I was younger and it took a long time for me to break that thinking, but that's just what I had seen modeled for me. My parents have been together forever and they put up with each other through a lot of really difficult times. A lot of it I saw because I was obviously their child and I don't fault them for the way that they handled the things that they handled at the time that they were handling them. But now the way I see it is my parents lived through circumstances that they didn't always want to stay in I'm sure of I mean like from what I saw they went through some pretty miserable times but things were different back then people did need each other during those times you know the way that the family dynamic was set up was just conducive to people having to put up with each other through things that under other circumstances, they probably wouldn't choose to put up with another person. Well, because my parents made that sacrifice, I don't have to. So why would I force myself to put up with stuff that isn't necessary just because I was raised to believe that I'm supposed to find somebody? Maybe one day I will find somebody. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just get even more comfortable in what I am and being alone and find ways to fulfill the things that a relationship would usually fulfill. Like maybe I'll hire a housekeeper, you know, maybe I'll have somebody come in and clean to start with just once or twice a week. I can afford it. 
I mean, like, I'm not a cheap person. I go out to dinner with friends. There's plenty of times when I pay for that dinner. So why wouldn't I be able to afford having somebody clean up my one-bedroom apartment because I think my time would be better spent editing or recording or doing something other than cleaning, which isn't something that I'm a person that gets a lot of relaxation out of anyway. I know that different friends have told me about that, and I know different people use that almost as a form of meditation. There are people that just really zone out while they're cleaning, and they really like that process, and I respect that for them. But for me, I get nothing out of it. I feel like it's a waste of my time, and I don't really know that I want to continue to do that. Well, sometimes when I think about that, I think, well, maybe that's where a partner would come in handy. Well, it's cheaper to just hire somebody to come in and clean every once in a while than be in an entire relationship. Or even when it comes to sex and hooking up, I can quickly go on Grinder and find what it is I need there. And lately, I don't even feel like doing that. Lately, I just feel like there are better ways to spend my time than even dealing with the guys on Grinder. Because anybody, anybody, anybody that's on Grinder will tell you that a lot of times it'll turn out not being exactly what you wanted, not being exactly what you thought it was going to be. Like sometimes guys are doing stuff like catfishing. Sometimes they're completely who they look like, except for they don't act like you thought that they were going to act. You had like a different picture from them as far as what you thought they were going to be, not actual picture, but the picture in your mind was different from the reality of it. And so... That, too, can be somewhat unsatisfying. And I could be wrong, but I just feel like the person that I'm going to eventually be with, should I end up in another relationship, is going to be a person that I actually meet in the flesh. And then from there, we figure out what we're doing or we figure out that we actually like each other. That's the way I feel about it. But I don't feel like that's anything that I need to chase down. I don't feel like I need to be in any particular place or make myself extremely available. I feel like if somebody's meant to step in my life, they're going to step in my life no matter what I'm doing. We'll find each other. It's always worked out that way in the past. And I don't feel anything pressing about my age. I don't feel like I need to do these things. I mean, like when it comes to career, I definitely do feel a sense of urgency to do things the way that I need to do them and to get things in order and to make things happen. But that's not because of age either as far as like me feeling I'm getting too old for this or any of that. Stand-up comedy and comedy in general is something you can do forever. Like if you look at Rodney Dangerfield, I don't think Rodney Dangerfield even started until his 50s. And so stand-up comedy isn't the same as other parts of show business. If you're an actor or an actress, yes, your best years are usually going to be when you're younger because that's when they think of you leading man, leading woman. That's when they, the heart throb. That's what they're thinking of. But when you're doing stand-up, the more knowledge you have and the more life experience you have, the better off you're going to be. And that's where I'm at. I've got this entire trove of memories and life experiences and for me 
mining those now is what it's about and actually forcing myself to be uncomfortable because I know what works. I have entire sets that work. And when I say sets, I mean sets, like completely different sets. Like I talked about it at one point. This was several years ago when I talked about this, but it was the night of my birthday. I can't remember what year it was, probably 2019, I want to say. Yeah, maybe 2019. I know that I was freshly out of my relationship. I was in Florida. So I would imagine that was 2019. And I had to do two headlining sets back to back at the same venue. And some people had chosen to stick around because they enjoyed the first show so much. This is two full one hour headlining sets. And since there were people that had carried over from the first audience, I didn't want to do what I had done for the first audience. So it turned out to be two completely different sets that I did on these two shows back to back. So when you're able and a lot of people don't realize that in stand up time, that's a long time to be doing, you know, to do two complete hours and like. There was some crowd work in it, but it wasn't what you would call padded with crowd work. There was necessary and appropriate crowd work, but there wasn't like me leaning on crowd work because I didn't have material. A lot of what I did was material driven, but it was just like completely switching it out so that people would get two different experiences. So when you're a person like me that actually can do because... It's like finding a comic like me isn't always the easiest because there are comics that are more into crowd work. There are comics that are more into material. I am definitely a comedian that can do both of those things and I can do a mix of the two things if I want to. So I realize what it is I am. I realize what it is I'm sitting on and I don't feel at all like anything has been wasted I feel like there were different times in my progression or in my growth as a stand-up comedian that maybe I may have stunted myself by the negative habits that I was in during that time. But I feel like that was necessary too because during all of those times, I was actually growing and I was actually learning about myself and I didn't realize that that was the point of those particular exercises or those periods of time but it's really what it was it was just me finding myself and it was me finding the security in myself to be able to talk about the things that I actually wanted to talk about and so when we're talking about me in a stand-up sense there's still things that I haven't even gotten to yet and it's not because I'm trying to avoid them it's because There's a way that my life's gone and it's almost like if I don't explain these things over here, then this over here isn't going to really make sense. But right now I'm having a little bit of trouble figuring out how to make this particular part funny and actually make like when it comes to certain topics, even like I talk about sex work on stage. Well, I haven't done sex work in a very long time, not officially, but The thing with me and sex work is it was forever ago that I actively did it, but I didn't get to talk about it until what? Maybe three years ago that I really started talking about it. I want to say it was three years ago. 
This is 2023. Yeah, 2019, 2020 was when I really started talking about it. So, you know, there's other stuff in my life that I got to eventually get to that's even further past that, but it's even closer to now. And so all of that has to make sense to make now make sense or make the in-between really make sense and get give people the full story. And hopefully by the time I'm dead, I've gotten it all out or at least it's on video or at least it's on podcast form or at least people are able to find out because I do think that there are a lot of lessons to be learned from my life and the way that I've lived my life. And not all of it is perfect and not always not all of it is pretty but it will, I feel, be very important for other people who maybe come from toxic circumstances or toxic cycles or breaking out of toxic cycles to be like, okay, maybe what, I'm, what I've done or what I'm doing isn't the best and hasn't been the best, but I can still right the ship. Like, that's what I want people to get from me and my story and my stories is that you can always write the ship. It's never too late to correct the course and be like, okay, this is where I decide that I'm going to start loving myself and act accordingly. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I don't think there's any weakness in admitting that maybe you weren't always doing things exactly the way that you should have. But, you know, people will always judge you and people will always try to make you feel bad for the journey that you've taken. But I can't really make other people's perceptions of me be my problem. And when you say that, a lot of times people think you're being defiant or you're trying to be stubborn. And really, it's not in my case. It really is just a matter of I can't change what the past has been. I can't change the person I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. What I can do is change or work on the person that I am now. I can congratulate myself on where I was then as opposed to where I am and what I'm doing now. That's what I have control over because the past is always going to be the past. And there's always going to be people from my past that are able to say he did this and he wasn't a good boyfriend that way and he cheated on me. And, you know, a lot of it is true. Are there a lot of lies about me as well? Hell yeah, there's a lot of lies about me. I have one ex that I've referenced on this podcast before that continues to lie about me, and he's one of my first boyfriends ever. There's nothing I can do about that, you know? And a lot of the memories he has are from so long ago that he was my first boyfriend ever. Like, it's a long time ago. And I hear these things come back to me every once in a while from... At the time, people that since I have cut off and it's for, in some cases, that reason exactly. Like I had one friend that loved to tell me the things my ex said about me. And one day I finally just put a boundary down with him and it was like, yeah, you don't ever ever have to tell me stories about him again. You don't have to tell me that you talked to him. I haven't dated him in forever. I don't know what he's up to. I don't care about what he's up to. I don't care about what he thinks about me. I don't care what he says that I did back when we were together. I don't care. It just doesn't affect my life, and it's not going to affect my life. And maybe I would have more feelings about it if most of the stuff that he said was true, but 
if you've ever heard me talk about my first relationship ever, it was an abusive relationship and I was not the abuser. It was a situation where I truly was just a dumb, good kid at the time. And I I mean, like, you know, my first relationship, uh, like real relationship, I think I straddled like 18 and 19, you know, like I was 18 and 19 years old was that relationship. And I remember it kind of carried on because it was very toxic and it was on and off. And in that way, I will admit there were parts where I was completely in the wrong. I was easy to be bought off when I was a kid like that, you know, and I was getting some good gifts. You know, I'd get like a stereo, I'd get a shopping trip, I'd get, you know, all the kid things a kid would want, you know, a stereo, a shopping trip, Gucci watches, uh, like trips, you know, it, that, that's what my life was. That's the apologies that I would get. Those were the consolation prizes for the things that hadn't turned out well as far as this person went. And I was dumb at the time and was dazzled by these things. And it would be like, oh, he bought me a watch. Isn't that sweet? Oh, he sent me flowers. Isn't that sweet? You know, and then we get back together and it's like this toxic relationship. But I really wasn't bad during that time. I wasn't even cheating during that time, you know, which I've admitted I've had problems with being a cheater in the past it's not where I'm at now but that too it's like there are people that can say that I've cheated on them that I did cheat on them while we were together and that is a hundred percent true and I've learned that I if I am not happy with somebody I should just not be with them not I should be with them and keep them there because maybe I liked at the time having a warm bed to go home to somebody that was actually in that bed. I liked that more than I liked working on myself because that's what those were was distractions. And as callous as that may sound to refer to your exes as, you know, what? I mean, like, basically stand-ins for your own loneliness and I I think that's why I grew to the point that I grew to was because I got to see what it was like to actually do things the wrong way and and know what it feels like because for me I don't know about anybody else but for me even when I was in the relationships where I cheated on people, I knew what I was doing was wrong and I wasn't happy with myself. I did have a guilty conscience about it, which is supposed to be no consolation to any of the people that I cheated on. I don't say this as any kind of justification or they should forgive me because I felt bad about it or it wasn't the satisfying experience that I thought it was going to be. That isn't at all why I say it. I, I say it to remind myself that I didn't like the person that I was when I was doing that. So, like I said earlier, what can I do moving forward? Well, I haven't cheated on anybody that I've been in a relationship with since 
2018 and that was the last time I was really in a relationship I was in an open relationship for a while a short while I talked about that that was when I was with the beast well when I was with the beast I was in an open relationship and I figured out that open relationships weren't for me I don't want to be in an open relationship. I want to be in a monogamous relationship because to me, there's no point in really dedicating to somebody if we're not going to completely be 100% in it with each other and only with each other because it's easy to say, I'm having problems with you. Let me go fuck a stranger. I'm having problems with you. Let me go hook up with somebody that doesn't have the same baggage that I have with you. Maybe we should work through some of that baggage together if we're actually going to be together. Maybe we should find actual healthy ways to communicate with each other if we're actually going to be together. And I have friends that are in open relationships and I don't judge them for being in open relationships. A lot of them I know have found ways to make that work for them. So if that works for you and your spouse or you and your partner, then you do that. For me, I am a monogamous guy. That's just what I'm meant to be or the way that I'm wired. And eventually, do I think that's going to change? I really don't. I feel like if I've already made it to this age and just figured out that that's who I am and what I am, then I need to respect that so that I can end up in something that's actually right for me. And again, not find myself in a place where I'm with a placeholder because at that point, that's what it it would be too. And I'm getting old enough that I don't have time for a lot more placeholders in my life. I don't have a lot of room left in my years to just be spending it with placeholders because you stay with the placeholders for a while and you waste some time. And yeah, you learn some things along the way. But at the end of the day, which I hate the saying at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, you've already figured out that this isn't what's going to work for you, but you're doing it again just so that you can waste more time so you don't feel alone. And like I said, I'm not having a problem where I'm feeling alone. So why should I continue to do that? Out of force of habit, I don't think that's a good reason to do things. And so with me, I just continue to work on myself and I continue to concentrate on the things that I need to concentrate on. Like I said, stand-up has been giving me plenty. The content, I really do enjoy making the current events videos. They take a lot of editing and right now it's all me doing that. And I have a friend that edits as well, but I don't really think anybody can see my vision yet when it comes to that. And I will get more views when I do the current events videos. It's just like I said, I've been trying to dedicate to the podcast and do the editing for that. And then I've been trying to, and I, when I say trying to, in my mind, and then also doing the current events videos. And at a point, I just get paralyzed because there's so many things that I should be doing, quote unquote, should be doing that. It makes it so I don't want to do anything because it's like, well, I can't do this right. And then this ends up taking up this much time and then I don't have time for these. And I think these are more beneficial, not only to the algorithm and to gaining followers, but also to what I find the most, really the most entertaining.
What I find the most interesting is a lot of times when I'm talking about the current event stuff, what I'm what I'm able to make the f- most fun because with my podcast, this, if you guys find it fun, then I'm happy for that. If you guys find it just beneficial to listen to, I'm happy for that too. But I don't feel any real need to fully entertain you guys when I do my podcast. It's just about me saying I'm a fucked up person and hopefully one or two of you being like, you know what, I'm kind of a fucked up person too how about i just listen to you be fucked up for a little bit and maybe that'll take my mind off of the fact that i'm fucked up or maybe it'll drive home for me that i'm fucked up and maybe i should be working on myself the same way ty has been able to work on himself but then there's the people that'll hate listen and that'll always happen with a person like me there are always going to be people that hate on me and that's been my entire life so again i'm not going to pretend that that's something foreign to me but also i'm not going to let that in so when i hear that people that i haven't dated people just from life in general are talking about me That's not something I'm going to give a lot of play to either. I'm not going to sit and listen to people tell me, oh, well, this comedian said that and that comedian said that. Well, first of all, most of the people that talk about me that you refer to as comedians either are not comedians anymore or were open micers that I dealt with at some point. Like, I deal with professional comedians all the time. We don't have a lot of negative feelings about each other. There's usually not a lot of room to have negative feelings about a lot of other comedians because we just don't get to interact that much. When it comes to actual comedians, a lot of times you're on the road, they're on the road, you're both on the road. You don't really have time to get into it with people. And when you're off the road, you're usually going to spend it with people that you like. Like, when I get off the road... Excuse me. Like when I get off the road now when that I'm living in Austin. When I get off the road, I immediately usually hit up John Carden once I get back to town because John Carden is a positive person and we're actual friends. We enjoy each other's company. So I usually hit him up to see what he's doing. There's a girl by the name of Leonarda here in town that I really like and I'll hit her up to see what she's doing. There's a few other comics here on the Austin scene that I'll check in with or let know that I'm in town and... That's about the way it goes for me. It's not spending a bunch of time like, oh, I hate this person or I'm thinking about this person. No, I just got off the road. I'm not thinking about any negative stuff or anything that could be a potential stressor. I'm just trying to unwind to get my life back together. A lot of times I'll have laundry to do or I'll have editing that needs to be done. I have a bunch of videos that I need to make shorts and reels out of. And like I said a while back, I've got somebody that can help me with a lot of that. And that's what I use the guy that helps me edit for is I use him for that. But He's not working for free, so I have to pay him. And then sometimes I get backed up not on paying him, but I do get backed up on just the amount of content he'll give me. And I'll be like, I haven't even put out that yet. So why would I pay to have more content done when I haven't even used the content that I've already paid for? I've got a bunch of stuff that I have not used yet at all, and I need to just start scheduling it and putting it out. And like I already said, there was a minute where I was just paralyzed because I was trying to do so many things in my head and realizing that if I stop doing these things in my head and just start doing things in the way that makes the most sense to me 
in the real world, then I'll be doing a lot more than I'm doing by getting, you know, by getting caught up in the feeling that I need to be doing a million things that don't really need to be done. And I'm sorry I'm yawning, but it's it's almost time for me to wrap this one up. It's uh, 5.20 in the morning, and I have had quite a day. I don't know where my bijou... Oh, my bijou is right here laying next to my head. I didn't even notice she was right there. When did you come up here? Can I have a kiss? <laughs> that time she gave me kisses right away. Um... But yeah, that's that's what this episode was just about. It's just, you know, I I want to go back to the format of it's almost anonymity, you know? I can sit here in the dark and pet bijou like I am right now and tell you guys absolutely anything cuz I'm not looking in a camera and I'm not worried about how the lighting is and I'm not worried about whether or not my bathroom door is closed or whatever it is that I might think about when I'm actually recording a current events video or something that's shorter. When it comes to the editing on those, I've mentioned that it does take forever. I don't think people understand. I recorded a five-minute video with a bunch of editing. I think it was the Sam Smith video, and that took like eight hours to do it. If you guys want to check it out on my YouTube, it is a couple weeks old, but it's a really good video, and it gives you an idea of what I do with editing, and that's all me doing it. So I'm the one that has to find the clips that I want to use and edit the clips and put them in. And it's, you know, if I have to remove the audio from one thing so that I can use that clip and I think it makes for a smooth, a smoother viewing uh, if I think it makes for a smoother viewing experience that way, then that's what I'm going to do. But that's where my focus needs to be when it comes to the editing. I don't want to waste my time trying to edit an hour-long podcast. I would rather do this. There will always be edits and Unbothered. I'm sure you guys heard a few as we were going. That's because sometimes I'll say things the wrong way or this flipper gets in my way and I end up slurring or, you know, it's bad enough. I have a little bit of a lisp because of this flipper, which I will get my implant put in. The implant is the permanent tooth if you're not familiar. And they basically drill that into your gums. I have the bone graft, which is what they'll drill it into. You know, I had that like put in when I had my tooth removed, but I haven't been in the biggest hurry. Well, it was five months for it to heal enough. And I haven't been in the biggest hurry to get it done. I'm probably about two months after the five month, I think. Or, yeah, I want to say like two months after the five month mark now. And I haven't been in a hurry because I have one friend that talks about the fact that he got implants and his implants are giving him problems. And that is not the most encouraging. And then I have another friend whose mother had major problems with her implants. And so when you're dealing with people and both of these people make really good money. So it's not like they went to bad doctors or they decided to go to Mexico. Shout out to my friends that go to Mexico. Not talking shit. But it's not like 
they were skimping when it came to the money. So if they're going to what are probably some of the best dentists in their area, the best, I don't know if it's a dental surgeon or orthodontic surgeon, I'm not sure exactly what special cosmetic dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, I believe is what that is. Um, but when they're going to the best, and I know I'm going to go to somebody good as well, it's not inspiring a lot of confidence in me. And it doesn't make me want to do it because I've had to do so many things over the last year. If you guys don't know, it was still within the last year that I had my hernia fixed. It was still within the last year that I had that lipoma removed from my head. All of the healing that I've done for tattoos and piercings, which I know has all been elective, but at the same time, more healing that I've had to do. I'm just not in the mood to try to heal something that might end up being a bigger problem than I actually want to deal with. Anyway, I hope this episode has been somewhat entertaining or at the very least enlightening for you guys and giving you an idea of what's going on. Stay unbothered.